What what concerns me though is now both of these boys have got they want to prove they're the best, so they're going to bring their A game. You know, unless the outside distractions and all the lobbying by this this camp wants this kid, this camp. I can tell you one thing. You know, I like Jason Negro, and I wouldn't want to be in his shoes right now. I've been down this road of trying to you know keep two quarterbacks happy, and it's difficult. And you have just one quarterback to worry about, and you have him for another year. And he's not bad. <laughs> no. Hey, Malik, I wonder if you guys made a statement tonight uh, with this big victory against Orange Lutheran that you guys are indeed Trinity League uh, contenders, serious ones in that. Yeah, we are. We're going up on the boys now. You're what? We're going up now. Like, we're fifth, but now I think we're going to be fourth. We got to be Marty Day next week, one day at a time. Do you think this was like a statement type victory for you, the way you guys uh, played so well offensively and defensively against Olu? Yeah, I think uh, we came up with a good attitude, good mindset. We knew we were going to win, and we showed it on the field. 30 points, I like that. <laughs> what do you think about next week's game against Modern Day? Next week, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a tough game, but uh, we should win, though. I have a lot of confidence in my team. All right, congratulations. Greetings, uh, and welcome back to the Trinity League Football Podcast. I'm Dan Albano with the Orange County Register and OC Varsity. Com, and I'm joined once again by insider Scott Barajas as we uh, look at the uh, football in the Trinity League, looking, uh, working our way toward previewing the games on coming up on Friday, October 20th, and of course reviewing the week that was, week seven, um, a, a very big week in the Trinity League, maybe a, a week of, of some shifting that definitely went on, but a lot more excitement to come with a big game, uh, again, several big games, but uh, coming up this week. Scotty, how are you doing tonight as we're uh, getting ready to enter week eight of the Trinity League football season? Um, Dan, I'm doing pretty good. Otherwise, just a little scratchy throat here. But um, other than that, um, you know, I'm pretty good. So had another exciting week. We, we had some more shootouts. Um, I was able to, you know, we uh, had a nice tailgate, uh, modern-day tailgate, met up with, uh, you know, Keith Miller and Biggins. Uh, oh, for nice. chat. That was pretty good. Um, you know, and then uh, we're, we're, we're rolling in to, to league, you know, and it's getting more interesting here. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's, you know, we're seeing the separation, and, and I believe we're probably going to see the first winless Trinity League team since the league has formed, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. I wonder which team you're talking about. It's either Servite or Olu, but we will get to that because that's a big game for us to pick this week and one that I've already been going back and forth uh, for a few days now. But speaking of rolling, you are rolling with the big dogs of Greg Biggins and uh, Mr. Miller. That's pretty impressive there, Scotty. Yeah, it was it was it was a nice you know good uh, uh, chat. They just happened to be at the at the tailgate, and you know it was we we got to you know swap uh, stories and uh, good times. So so shout out to them if they if they're listening. I know I know Miller was listening a couple of weeks ago. So so Ooh. nice nice uh, listen, Keith, if you're listening again. So. Well, our fellow podcasters and um, fellow uh, high school sports SoCal enthusiasts, man, how many games do we and events do we go that we. Uh, we see Greg Biggins is uh, either in person or all his reports and, um, you know, doing such a great job for so many years and uh, lucky to have him around the SoCal scene. Obviously, he adds a lot and um, great, uh, great. Uh, both those guys are doing a great job. And I want to uh, set the table a little bit uh, as we get into this week eight podcast in the Trinity League. The opening sound um, interview clip that you heard should have been a familiar voice to everyone. That was Bruce Rawlinson of Modern Day, the coach, talking before last week's St. John Bosco game with some classic Bruce Rawlinson quotes. And then we also have uh, comments. uh, That was a clip from um, Abdul Malik McLean, the defensive end from Jay Sarah. And we're going to close the show with a clip uh, interview from Orange Lutheran coach, J.P. Presley. So we'll have half the Trina League uh, audio covered here tonight as we uh, try to, uh, you know, uh, give you the very best Trina League coverage around. And um, so that's uh, leading off our show. We're going to review the, the games that were in uh, Week 7, led by that modern-day St. John Bosco game. I think we're going to get to that one right away. And then we're going to we'll – we'll hear from Scotty's grades. And then we're going to preview these Week 8 games um, – you know, uh, led, of course, by the modern-day 
Jay Sarah game, a battle of unbeatens here. Uh, kind of a rare thing sometimes when you get to week eight of the football season. There's not a lot of unbeaten teams roaming around Orange County. I think there's only about six or so, if I'm not mistaken. And these are two of them hooking up. And uh, the winner is going to be in, uh, all alone in first place. We'll be 8-0, 3-0 in the training league. That's a big game that we'll preview later on the show. But, Scotty, let's begin at the game that you were at with Greg Biggins and um, Mr. Miller. Steve Fryer from the Orange County Register was there. And it was a big time there at uh, El Camino College in Torrance. And it was... Uh, Modern day, improving to 7-0, 2-0 in the Trinity League with a 31-21 victory against St. John Bosco, their, their bitter rival from, you know, Division One last year. Uh, that's two years in a row that Modern Day's beat Bosco in league, but we all know what happened last year. St. John Bosco got the revenge, won the Division One title en route to the state title. The big storyline going into this game was, of course, the was the St. John Bosco quarterback situation. During the week, Real Mitchell dropped out, even tweeted that he had a, um undisclosed injury, even said, he didn't just say that, he also talked about, he wanted to, to he made that comment about changing the narrative, um, which to me made it seem like a kind of a cryptic message, he just didn't put out the news, but obviously talked about some kind of narrative that he didn't discuss. And then DJ, uh, the young sophomore, came in and played pretty decent as a sophomore. Um, obviously got some pressure from Solomon and company. But what's your, uh, what was your takeaway on this, uh, this clash? Uh, you know, uh, for uh, for Modern Day winning, handing the Bosco its second loss of the season. Yeah, Dan, it was an exciting game. Um, you know, Modern Days. I gave Modern Days offense an A minus, and I gave. Um, their defense a B plus, and I gave St. John Bosco a C C plus and a C plus on defense. You know, you know, I have to you have to credit um, St. John Bosco's defense for challenging MD, um, who has been you know just steady all year long. I mean, modern day, you know, only you know won by ten points, but they had five hundred and fourteen yards of, of total offense. Um, and then you know, a couple key points to this game. Modern Day came away with zero points inside the 10-yard line twice, once on a fumble and then one a turnover on downs. And the two plays before that, the uh, C.J. Parsons had a touchdown nullified on a questionable penalty where it cleared to be a clean block by St. Brown, but obviously they didn't see it that way. Okay. So, you know, you know, adding up that, I mean, they could have easily put 45 up on the board on them. Um, you know, Bosco's vault, you know, pass rush never got to the – Daniels, he was sacked once on the night, but he had his way with them. Um, you know, basically, the, the the offensive line just dominated up front. Um, sophomore Miles Morrow was matched up with Cole Aubrey most of the night, and he shut him down. Mason Kulichek okay. and Kikani Gonzalez and Chris Murray made South Spina a non-factor. Bosco's offensive line, you know, had no sacks and five tackles, and we've seen them just dominate all year long. So that's where the word was keyed and won in that in that game. Um, you know, um, you know, you know, the quarterback, you know, DJ, you know, he played well. He gave Modern Day a couple of fits, but I will say this, you know, he he's a first read quarterback, and when he got it there, he got the ball out, and that's when they scored on the on their two plays. But when he got flustered. You know, he, he he didn't look very comfortable back there. He was either throwing it away or he was getting sacked. Um, he did throw for 251. You know, 150 of those yards, 150 yards came on two plays. Um, yeah. Bosco did have 170 yards rushing the ball. But besides, you know, you take away those two plays, Bosco never drove the ball. They had one, they had one drive. Um, right before the half when they got the 26-yard touchdown. But other than that, they never drove the ball. And, and, and that's what's interesting, how close this game was. But when reality, when you look at, you know, if you watched it again, you know, it could have been lopsided. Um, and we we saw, you know, Modern Day came away with seven sacks and five in the second half. Right. Solo had the big surge on defense with Brew. Um, and Brew probably played as well as he did in the since you know the Gorman game because he was putting constant pressure and hurries on 
on uh, DJ. Um, you know, Mace Funa, Nate Lagaleo, and Nate White all had a sack apiece. And, um, you know, to DJ's credit, when he learns to read and progresses quicker to his secondary reads, he's going to be really good. So, you know, get him, get them now because you know, maybe <laughs> even by the end of the, in the in these, you know, when the playoffs start around, he's going to be a different player. So, um, but, um, you know, that's that's pretty much it, what I have on, on this game. You know, we'll have to see. Um, and, and, and about Real, the update on Real, he was there, suited up, um, but he didn't play. You know, he, he came out, was doing warm-ups and everything, you know, but he never played again. So, you know, we'll see what, what what's in store for that one. Um, and uh, we'll just have to go from there. But I think DJ's the guy, so. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. Usually when players come out and warm up, um, in full uniform um, and dress out, you know that usually means that their injury isn't uh, too serious. As my my feelings, if you see a guy in street clothes, he probably he's definitely out, hasn't been practicing, been going to medical appointments. It's got a pretty significant injury. So if he's able to go through warmups, it doesn't sound like it's that serious. Of, uh, I wouldn't qualify it as a serious injury. That's but I would just say that's just my experience overall, not necessarily with Real, but when I've seen high school kids and they're in their civvies or just have their jersey and pants on, uh, shorts or uh, jeans, then it's usually that they don't have a serious injury. But if you see them doing warm-ups, um, then it's not as serious. That's what I found. Is it, do you, do you, do you, is that your experience as well, Scotty? Yeah, um, pretty much. I mean, it also could have been like a you know a smoke screen. They just wanted to, to, to mess with Modern Day. Um, I know a couple of weeks ago, um, St. Brown did the same thing for Modern Day with the Gorman game. He wasn't playing, but he suited up and he did yeah. warm ups, and then he went and, and, and he, but he but he actually went and changed and came back out. So why they do that, I don't know. Why you know for what purpose intense it doesn't you know because you know any good team's going to practice for both guys anyways. So. I, you know, like it's, it doesn't, you know, and, and, and another point somebody had, had made is that when you get, if you're not medically cleared, as Negro had said, and you should be able to suit up at all and even be out there because you're not medically cleared. You know, it's different if you have clearance in your, but you're hurt, you know, but yet you don't want to, you don't want to, right. You're, it's more of a precautionary reason. So, you know, that's what, you know, take that for what it's worth, but, you know, yeah. I, I think. You know, it'll be interesting to see if he bounces back and decides to like, okay, well, uh, you know, do they, you know, do they do the dual, go back to that, you know, or do they just go DJ the whole way, or does he come back and say, you know what, I'm going to be a team player, put me in it at, at receiver, line me up out of the backfield, you know, use my speed to make another weapon, you know, if if I don't think that's going to happen, I know everybody's talked about that, but you know, yeah. as we go progress through these weeks and you know Bosco's become a different team they've become that passing team and not so much running what they were before the season started and I'll touch basis on that you know in our preview but um, yeah and I and I, I'm glad we're gonna come back to that you know it's interesting like you said um, you know usually doctors I mean if they're if they're gonna clear you um, for your activities you're cleared but you know they're not gonna I doubt they'll say they're gonna clear you to just practice um, and do the warm-ups, but not the games, because the doctors know that practices can be warm, can be uh, contact. Um, you could get, um, you know, if you're battling uh, some kind of injury, you could easily, um, the way kids play. I mean, you could you could re-injure it in warm-ups. Um, you could re-injure it in practice, just as much as you could things in a game. You know, there's things you can't. You know, not all this is controlled, obviously, especially in football. But then, like, you know, I wonder, I mean, like, we saw um, Amon Ra warm up. You know, was he medically cleared to warm up when he when he warmed up against Gorman, didn't play? Or are they just being precaution with him that um, we could have played you, but we're not. Um, but we'll let you warm up, but we're going to be very super cautious. Who knows what, what they're doing with right. Real, right? I mean, because yeah. it could be it could be across the board different scenarios, what, what they're doing with Real. Yeah, I agree. I agree yeah, with that. You know, but like you said, we're. I think as as the the weeks progress, I think this you know story is going to slowly fade away. So yeah. we'll, we'll just have to you know kind of just keep our eye out for it. I don't think it's going to fade away though. <laughs> I think it's uh, as long as we're talking Bosco, 
you know, um, I think this is going to be a huge focal point just because, you know, you have such a senior established quarterback, Iowa State commit, you know, um, and then you got this young phenom, DJ. Um, DJ, by the way, 11 for 20 for 245, like you said, two touchdowns, and but he was sacked seven times. Um, but I know you're going to touch on that. But So he threw 20 times, but they ran it um, 30 times, a little bit over 30 times, um, 32 times. Um, he ran it 15 times, and um, uh, Halani ran it 16 times. So and they were the high carriers in the game. You know, Shakobi Harper ran 12 times for modern day for uh, 66 yards. Uh, JT was. I want to ask you a little bit before we leave this game. JT Daniels eight carries, uh, 97 yards, including a 55-yard run. That's got to be one of the most surprising things um, of the years. Just we've this is about the third time we've talked about JT Daniels. You know, um, he had the great run against. Um, for a touchdown highlight run against Bishop Amont. And then um, there was another game he scored on even a longer run. Um, you can remind me on that one. And now he's almost rushing for uh, – he's modern day's leading rusher in this game. I mean, uh, pretty amazing for uh, for JT Daniels, the, the – you know the transit. You know the transition he's made as far as evolving his game and becoming more athletic, um, using his legs more. And um, I know I, there were some people who wondered how athletic he was last year and what wh- where he was with his speed. And man, he's certainly answered those questions because he's looked very confident and very athletic, especially for a pocket passer. Because that's not going to be his game, but he's showing. You know what? If I need my legs, I've got a little wiggle. I have I have good enough speed. But what did you think of that? What do you think of his running abilities, uh, Scotty? You know what? It's it, it's very it is surprising um, from where he's come from last year. But if you if anyone's ever seen his pl- his play as a youth player, he was a dual threat when he was a youth player, <laughs> um, and he was fast. You know, and that's what I was surprised. You know, I, I thought maybe when he came to modern day, when, when they would be running the spread, I'm like, oh, he could be a dual threat guy. And they were like, no, he's a pocket passer. And I'm like, okay. And then when he got to modern day, he wasn't as nimble as, as he was when he was younger. But, you know, that's all gone by the wayside now because, I mean, when he runs, he's back there and he takes off and runs. He doesn't run. He runs as if he's a dual threat guy. He doesn't <laughs> run like, like he's scrambling for extra yards. You know he, you know, and he's he's worked on that. I mean, he's worked on the speed in the off season. You know, that was the one thing you know, like that he, you know, took pride in. And it's like, what can I do to improve my, um, you know, my overall game? And that's what he's taken. And um, you know, and, and I think three out of those runs were all scrambles. I don't think none of them were pretty much designed. But I mean, the one run he had was like a sixty yarder, but the the, it just everything just opened up over the middle. He just went straight up the middle, and there was nobody there. So yeah. you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I don't, I don't think he. You know, do you want to use him as a threat? But you know, if if it's open, he's going to run. You know, and um, he's got some moves too. So he's able yeah, he does. To like. So um. So I don't know, Dan. I mean, he, he was. He actually had over. We had him at 107 yard, uh, 107 yards rushing. So. All right. Um. Well, and before we leave this modern day uh, clash with uh, St. John Bosco, I want to, you know, I want to give some props to the modern day defense who I, I kind of, uh, I, was, I was among the, the critics of them last week, and they obviously came to play, um, you know, pitching a shutout. I mean, I mean, there was only three points total in the second half between the two teams, but uh, they gave a couple big plays, but. Uh, you know, obviously they played better than they did the previous week against Santa Margarita. It begins a better team. Um, they had a couple breakdowns, but I think it was uh, progress. Obviously, the seven sacks is impressive, but I think um, I think that was a uh, you know good job, uh, good sign of progress by the modern day defense. And I think they really needed to have it, and um, I think they did. And um, actually, I'll, I'll take that back. The other thing about the penalties, I think. Uh, we talked about that with Modern Day last week. Um, penalty-wise, um, both teams. Let's see here. Um, if I look for my stats here on penalties, Modern Day did pick up a lot of penalties, though. 15 for 130 um, compared to uh, eight for 72. So that's still something that's plaguing Modern Day, right? 
yeah, I'll touch both. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that one. I'll go. I'll start with the um, with the defense first, and I'll touch base on the penalties. So basically, you know, the defense did. They they actually uh, they gave up just the two big plays, like we said, and then the second half, um, you know, they did get the three. But they busy pretty much. They blitzed the whole. Pretty much sent the house a lot on him the second time. They put a lot more pressure um, the second half, and um, I think that that's. And then they just kind of contained, you know, everybody else. Um, and, and, and you know that they made the adjustments. And so you know, the, if you look back at the last two games, they've only given up seven points in the second half. Santa Margarita only scored one touchdown in that second half. Um, so, so modern days has made the adjustments in the second half. Um, it's just got to, you know, have to figure out how to, how to, you know, just not give up those, those big plays. So, cause nobody's driving the ball on them. So, um, and then as far as the penalties go, you know, this one was kind of like, it was lopsided. Um, you know, this crew, I don't, they were from a South Bay crew. They weren't the Orange County, they weren't an Orange County crew. And uh, these guys weren't very consistent. So, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier on the on the, the nullified, you know, the nullified touchdown on on on, um, on CJ's touchdown. Then towards the end of the game, they're you know modern days in victory formation, and they throw a, a flag for false start. I mean, it's the end of the game. Just let it go. They're they're doing victory formation. You don't need. You know, I mean, what's the purpose of that? And that's that was coming the side judge who threw most of the penalty. Day. So, um, you know, and, and they were they were equally as bad for Bosco as well. So, you know, it was I don't I don't I just I didn't get it. Um, you know, there was only you know I think Modern Day had they did have a, you know like I think four false starts, but um, I think and then I think one I think one extra fifteen yard one other fifteen yarder, but it wasn't you know it wasn't as blatant as it was like it wasn't like stupid penalties it was more just like are you you know the you know i don't i don't understand what the ref was was uh looking at in in, in this one so you know take what he will with the with the penalties but you know we'll talk about another team with 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 uh penalties as well too so yeah, well, I want to um, because of the, the schedule this week. I want to go right to the Jay Sarah game. That was the game I covered, and why not? Um, you know, we went with your game. You covered. We'll go with mine. Jay Sarah fifty-two, Orange Lutheran twenty-one at Orange Coast College. This game was crazy in the beginning, first quarter, back and forth uh, between Ryan Helinski and Matt Robinson. A lot of big plays. Um, you know, long touchdown passes. Uh, big plays. You know, both teams combined for um, 35 points in the first quarter. But then uh, Jay Sarah righted the ship. They started playing better defense, got some stops. They ended up picking, up, uh, picking off Holinsky twice. They sacked him six times. And, um, you know, Matt Robinson was pretty masterful. Um, threw for um, 253 yards on three TDs. Didn't have the greatest completion percentage, 10 of 18. Um he definitely got blitzed and pressured more in the second half, but um, when he had time, and it was probably interesting, you know, the way they set it up. Orange Lutheran came in thinking about stopping Al Fisher in that run game. First play from scrimmage, you know, great play call by Jay Sarah. Um, play action, fake handoff to um, Al Fisher, who just ran for almost for ran for the school record 280 yards. Play fake to him, go deep to Tariq Luckett. Amazing pass, um, bomb, 80-yard touchdown. You know, uh, Robinson hit Luckett right in stride. He ran away, and uh, that set the tone. Um, Robinson um, also showed some some good wheels that time in this game, but it was really, um, you know, um, Abdul Malik McLean, who he kind of broke the spirit of uh, Orange Lutheran at times. He put on some big hits. He blindsided Halinski one time with a sack and forced a fumble. They actually forced another fumble from Halinski too, um, on a on a scramble. So he kind of had a tough game with the turnovers um, because he fumbled twice and he was intercepted twice. He's a really good player though, and their offense is really good. You're 
Look, you've been saying uh, Logan Loya is legit, even though his stats do not reflect it at all for Orange Lutheran. But he made two of the best catches I've seen all season. They just were nullified by penalties. But great leaping catches. He just goes up and gets it. Um, and he's when he gets it, he goes. He's got great. He's got great moves for a sophomore. And Kyle Ford is just a beast. He's so strong. But you know, Jay Sarah shut him down. You know, they they didn't. Uh, they allowed those. Um, 21 first half points and then nothing in the second half and um the pressure kept on coming at uh Halinski and you know they're a different team any quarterback that starts to get hit and pressured they're just a different team and they don't have the running game to take some pressure off Halinski but uh what was your take on this game Scotty um I thought you know Jay Sarah I gave them a B on offense and then a B plus on defense I gave a C on offense C on defense you know and um yeah, I mean, watching that game, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it either. It was back and forth in that first quarter, you know. But if, if you would have told Lou at the beginning of the game, if you hold Fisher to 50, under 50 yards, oh, Lou's got to tell you they're going to win the game, yeah. you know. But they were on the losing end, you know. But I think the, the whole key that set the tone was Jay Sarah's defense took the four Olu turnovers and turned them into 28 points. Yeah. And then and then the, the score kind of ballooned up to, to 52 really quick. So, um you know, because you look at Helensky, and he was 27 of 34 for three, 312 yards, you know, the three touchdowns, two, two INTs. But, yeah, he did get, you know, in between there, he was harassed and he was sacked. You know, like we said, Ford caught, you know, they, they had a lot of numbers. Um, but it was a constant pressure from, you know, from the J. Sarah pass rushing. Um, you know, I, I, you know, they didn't have any answer for Luckett, you know, his 146 and, and yeah. Jameer's 100. You know, and, and and Robinson, you know, he's making big plays. He's not doing it like you said at, at a high percentage, um, but but he's making plays when needed. Right. You know, and then and then you know, I did notice that Jay Sarah was still, you know, they were hit with numerous flags. You know, I counted four late hits on the quarterback. I caught found two targeting penalties. You know, they may have cut the 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 penalties under 20 but they're still had double digits so you know we'll have to, you know like i said so this week again with these two teams with i don't think modern day and jay sarah very like each other very no. much so i think you know with and 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 um you know we'll we'll touch basis on on um uh, a little side story on on that but you know, you know, if you can't, you know, the, the the key to this one was basically uh, the turnovers. You can't turn the ball over, and you got to protect your quarterback, and you got to have a running game. So. Yeah, and that's one thing with Robinson is, um, as a, a, he's a three-year starter, but he's got that escapability. You can, he got pressured and flustered out of the pocket, but he gets away enough that he can throw the ball out of bounds and um, scramble. Sometimes he can make a, a very nice run, but he doesn't get sacked. Uh, he doesn't often make too many bad throws. Uh, Al Fisher holds on to the ball. All their backs hold on to the ball. Their receivers, they seem like they're good. Um, I think Jay Sarah's got some pretty interesting things going on special teams, too. I think um, they push their return game with Shermore as uh, good on the punt return. Eli Jefferson is good on the um, kickoff return, or if they have, um, maybe they put uh, Jamil Henning back there. Uh, Hager does a nice job with kickoffs, pretty good um, punts. He's a very good punter, good field goal kicker. They seem to be uh, paying attention to uh, special teams. I agree with you. They they made progress on the on the um, they made progress on the penalties, um, but I also don't think they I don't think they also didn't have a turnover against Servite and I, I don't I mean I've seen them play a few times they're not turning the ball over very much I have to give them credit on that I don't did they lose it I don't, I don't remember Fisher or um, really putting it down so I, I agree on that and um, you know the thing about it, I took away I watched Helinski completed his first nine passes I he throws it so nice and uh got a quick release he can hit his spots and he has a big target like Kyle Ford and other good receivers Gardner looks really good too as a junior um, he made a lot of big catches but I I, I I can see him do that against a lot of teams I mean you you know if he has time to throw and um, his feel for the, his receivers and his offense I can see him doing that doing that against a lot of teams he, he's that good I think he's a Pac-12 quarterback 
Yeah, it's it's just a matter of like you said, they, you know, when you get when a quarterback gets hit, it breaks your will and and uh, and you're and you're also looking for it too. So, um, yeah, you know, they're, they're gonna get their they're gonna get their numbers. They posted numbers every single week, but it's just in this league when yeah. you know you have to have the balance, and that they just don't have it, and and um, it's making things difficult. So. Yeah, and I say break as well. I mean, this is a couple times they just they just kind of shook their head. I mean, uh, Malik McLean's just uh, he's just a lot to deal with, uh, and he's taking some big hits. And that guy, he's one of the ones that is picking up the fouls too. He's he plays really hard, very aggressive. Um, he's pushing it, um, and um, he's got a big motor on him. And um, We'll see how, you know, he's going to obviously, Modern Day is going to have their hands full of him. It'll be interesting to see him play um, against Modern Day and see if he does get called. I mean, he's been getting, you know, um, he's been getting some calls. And I know Coach Harlow's working with him on it, but the use, he's a UCLA commit um, who's looking pretty fearsome right now. But, um, all right, let's move to our final game, uh, Scotty, um, of, the, uh, of last week, and that was uh, Santa Margarita bouncing back from their loss against Modern Day. Well, they took out um, Servite 51-28 and really the uh, breakout star in this game but he hasn't been a breakout star because breakout star because we've been talking about on the podcast is uh, our and we've been impressed with him Josiah Norwood had a great game for uh, Santa Margarita uh, passed for 279 and two touchdowns very high completion percentage 21 of 27 he also ran for 119 yards on just eight carries um Santa Margarita did pound it uh, like we thought they would. 45 carries for 360. And um, Survey got a good game from TJ McMahon um, running the ball. He, he threw for uh, he ran for 144 yards and a touchdown. But he had that low percentage again for passing at 50%, though he did throw t- three TDs. So that's interesting. He also threw a couple TDs when I saw him against Jay Sarah. Um, some pretty nice deep balls and threw some TDs. He's got no picks, but there's just times that, um, and, I'm, and I'm certainly not putting on, on uh, McMahon, but he did have a 50% um, completion percentage or so in the um, Jay Sarah game. But he's doing some positives, but they just they just don't aren't on all cylinders on offensively for Jay Sarah. But I mean for Servite. But what's your thoughts on the uh, Santa Margarita's uh, bounce back victory against Servite? I gave them an A, offense B plus on defense. Server got C plus on offense and a C minus on defense. You know, um, after posting 35 on modern A the week before, you knew Eagles were going to post some big numbers, and you know they did that. Um, it, it took them a while to get going, and Servite I think jumped out to an early lead, and then you know Santa Margarita, you know tied it up, converted the two point conversion, and then ran off 22 consecutive points into the half and they just warmed down with the mix of running and passing and like you had said you know Norwood I think put on his best best passing performance of the season yeah and that's back-to-back games and he's done that now um you know and then Chad Magar you know provided balance combining 211 yards rushing and receiving you know eclipsing 100 yards for both um, Servant had no answer for for them on defense. They gave up 362 rushing yards and yep. 635 yards of total offense. You know, for the second week in a row, they were just pounded and looked sluggish. You know, on several runs. You know, you know, Magar, Norwood, and even Jake Peters were running by Servite defenders. You know, and I said I did say Jake Peters. You know, we haven't a name we haven't mentioned because there was one run where Peters took off tackle, took the ball pit off, outran her. On Irvin and Titus Toller before McDuffie had an angle on him. I was I was shocked at that. I mean, I wasn't surprised because I wasn't expecting that. Um, you know, so it's like Santa Margarita. Like I said, their offense is is is, is really going. So you know that'll be that's going to be interesting. You know, you know, you know. We'll talk about that this week too as well. Um, you know, McMahon did well again, but he just can't. He's got to get everybody involved. You know, I think he's. You know, I don't know if he's trying to do too much or he's trying to to do more than what he can. I mean, he's getting the rushing yards, but, you know, he also had a couple of turnovers. Um, you know, he's just not inconsistent, but, you know, Delon Hurt got, you know, caught seven of those for 107 yards and, and two touchdowns. But, again, you know, it's one in the trenches, and um, when you can't have the guys up there doing it, it makes all the skilled players struggle. So. Yeah, I think just... 
I guess another part, you know, it just, yeah, I, I agree with you. You start to, you know, I think Servite's depth is kind of starting to show up. Their lack of depth, maybe at receiver, um, you know, where they got DeLon, and then they got guys that are going both ways with Julius or maybe um, even um, uh, their, uh, you know, the fine uh, defensive back corner kid um, whose um, name I'm playing. McDuffie. McDuffie. He can play. Um, but, yeah, they, they, you know, and they they uh, they got Win, Winfie, uh, Wingfield one catch, um, Lincoln Duran two catches, and then Julius Irving two catches. Um so they got four guys. They could, you know, maybe they could. Uh, they seem a little bit, a uh, little thin at receiver. One positive was uh, a sophomore uh, who I noticed against um, Jay Sarah. Uh, Malachi Rice is an interesting kid. Sophomore, he had 20 carries for 290. Um, he's a kid I think they can be excited about um, as a sophomore. He ran for about 70 yards. Um, Connor, he's come on relief for Hernandez, um, who got I think got nicked up against Jay Sarah, but that's an inter- uh, promising sign for um, for Serva. I think they've been looking for a kind of a, a very good running back for the last couple of years, and um, that could be their answer. Have you noticed anything about Malachi Rice? Uh, he's the kid. That he's he's one of the, he's one of the transfers from Olu. Um, I know they wanted to have him in the mix and I know he's been he was in the rotation I I haven't really noticed anything that's you know that's uh, gonna be the game breaking or gonna give them that extra edge um but who knows you know they I guess they may you know they're gonna have to give give somebody the ball more other than uh, um TJ because I think TJ's gonna get worn down if he hasn't already but um but he still keeps putting up numbers so yeah definitely and you start to look at you know the uh, the numbers are not good for our friars um you know for uh two games through the trinity league their defense is, is averaging allowing 51 and a half uh points but then again they're playing Orange Lutheran this week. Olu is allowed 47 points. So that's why those teams um, are are winless. Of course, Santa Margarita's average is not that great either, 49. Um, a lot of it's because they allowed 70 to modern day. So take the stats for what you will. But that is our recap for uh, the round two, week seven of the Trinity League. Now we're going to move our way to uh, the second half of our show. We appreciate all the Trinity League uh, football podcast listeners to us, uh, wherever you're listening to us on your your tablet. Maybe you got us on iTunes. you know, and, if, and, and any of our listeners, we really appreciate you, and um, we're working for you guys out there uh, talking about the Trinity League each week. Um, so looking at these games coming up on Friday, October 20th, um, let's let's keep where we were, because um, we just talked about them. Let's talk about um, the game coming up between, um, let's see here, Servite, um, Again, 0-2 in league, taking on Orange Lutheran, 0-2 in league at Orange Coast College on Friday. Um, obviously, somebody's going to come away with their first victory. This is a hard game for me to call. Um, you know, and, and I guess my prediction is I, I kind of think that um, – I kind of think Orange Lutheran's going to get the victory. Um I feel like they were trying to get their ground game going a little bit in the second half against Jay Sarah. Um I think they got out of there pretty healthy. Um, if they can clean up those turnovers, um, I don't. I don't know if Servite's really been plagued by the turnovers, but their their defense is, is really alarms me. And I like the firepower that Orange Lutheran brings. Though Servite's got an interesting matchup for some of those receivers because they have good defensive backs, um, Titus, you know, and company. Um, Julius Irvin, they got some backs. But um, but they've had good backs for other teams. Um, but maybe, you know, but Orange Lutheran doesn't run it the way Jay Sarah runs it, the way Santa Margarita runs it. Maybe this is the perfect team for them. But, man, their numbers are bad. Um, and Helinski's can complete such a high percentage. It's a tough game for me to pick, but right now I'm feeling like Orange Lutheran's my pick. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you, Dan. You know, like I said, this is the one we teased at the top. You know, this is probably the loser of this is going to be the f- 
and give us the first win, you know, winless team since its conception. <laughs> you know, without you know any suspense, because it looks like it's going to be Servite and based off of their play in the last and their last two opponents on their schedule. Because if they don't get a win here, then because they have modern day, they finished the, the league up with modern day Bosco. So you know that makes their chances, you know pretty bleak so um you know in this one you know olu isn't the same power running or physical imposing team and you had touched just touched on a uh, basis on that you know if, if Servite can generate some blitzes to get after helinski um use their athleticism in the secondary you know to, to contain those receivers you know and then and then they can you maybe you know cj uh, tj you know he, he maybe he can run maybe they're that that's enough running game against olu because olu's not that stout um, up front either you know Servite's shown some glimpses of offense but they just haven't been consistent enough to, you know and they're been, they've had to play catch up and that makes it awful tough um, but I think you know uh, I think it's Helensky you know going to be the difference in this one um, and um, you know I think Olu's going to probably come out on this one on top um, but it will be an interesting you know I'm, I, I, I have I've been toying back and forth with the score on this one this is the only one that I don't have a score on uh-huh. um, you know um, maybe ask me in, 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 at the end of the, the podcast right. I'll give you I'll throw you out a number you, you, the one thing I you know I can you know give Orange Lutheran like you said and you and that was a good point by yourself you mentioned that you know Orange Lutheran did do a good job stopping the run they did a good job on Al Fisher um, and they didn't give up any big run plays. Um, what really hurt them is that Jay Sarah had a lot of short fields, um, and they Jay Sarah did make a couple big plays downfield with um, and put together some drives. Um, that's what really hurt them was the, those turnovers killed them. Um, so I know it was you know Jay you know uh, yeah, as we'll hear at the end of the show. You know, it was an emotional type week for Orange Lutheran leading into this game. It's hard to talk, you know, talk, you know, I mean, you know, they were, you know, they had a tough emotional week because of the fires. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Um, There's been teams around Orange County that were affected by the fires that played pretty well and didn't practice and still got big W's. But Orange Lutheran did have a lot of their families impacted by the fire. Um, But... I can say that their defense on the field did a good job against Al Fisher. I haven't seen much out of Servite's defense. That's what uh, alarms me. But it is a better matchup for him. Though I know Olu's trying to get that uh, their strong kid, uh, number 18 strong, trying to get him going. Um, and we'll see. Uh, you know, It's going to be a big uh, gut check for both these teams. Um, like you said, the schedule is not good for, for Servite after this. Um, what does it look for, uh, you know, for Lutheran? Um, you know, they close with uh, they close with Modern Day and Santa Margarita. So um, not not an easy, you know, that's still that's still tough too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, well, let's move on to um, our next game. It's going to be um, also on Friday, October twentieth. Uh, uh, St. John Bosco taking on Santa Margarita at back at El Camino College on Friday night. Um, so Santa Margarita is going to bring that physical, you know, ground game. They're going to bring a dual threat quarterback, um, Josiah Norwood, who's playing well, and a defense that's, you know, made strides after giving up 70. They play fast and hard, and we'll see. You know, where, where's where St. John Bosco's head going to be? There was an interesting tweet that went out um, last week um, from my old friend Adrian Peters. Um, I'm sorry I don't have the handle in front of me, but he thought or speculated that um, that maybe Bosco uh, – it was something to the effect about maybe Bosco loses twice in in the Trinity League. I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't know who – if Santa Margarita is the team to beat him. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to pick – I pick uh, – I don't think that – Santa Margarita is going to beat St. John Bosco. I'm going to pick the Braves to win this game. And I don't know. I don't. We'll see more about Jay Sarah. But at this point, I'm not going on the record saying I think Bosco's going to lose twice. But we'll see what we see. We'll, let's see what, what Jay Sarah can bring to the table this week before I go on the record on that one. But I'm, I'm picking the Braves to win this and bounce back. Um, you know, I don't know. You, you like you said, Sky. There's some promising things happening at quarterback with the young DJ, and um, we'll see if their defense can play a little bit better. Yeah, you know, I don't know if there's a more intriguing matchup based, you know, on the circumstances. 
um, you know, what's on paper. You know, because Santa Margarita scored, and like we said, nearly 50 points a game. You know, and now Bosco with its sophomore quarterback and its passing game could, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, Santa Margarita was the preseason doormat with question marks of their skill yeah. positions and lack of playmakers. You know, Bosco was going in, going into the season featuring Speed and Thunder with Mitchell and Flowers, and neither of those are the story today. You know, who would have thought that? You know, so Bosco coming off this loss, you know, a similar situation last year, and they were able to turn the table. But, you know, this time they're going to have to rely on the sophomore quarterback in a passing game um, that looks to improve. And, um, you know, the Eagles, you know, had their troubles with modern-day speed, you know, but they contained Servite enough. Um, but Bosco shouldn't, you know, should put points up on their defense, and they should contain, have enough to contain the Eagles. Um, you know, I don't see the Braves letting, letting uh, you know, the offense put more up than 28 points so you know I'm going to go with the 35-24 Bosco okay so you know and last year too I mean as we all remember on the Trinity uh, football podcast St. John Bosco beat the Eagles twice last year um, they won the league game 47-10 to and then they also met in the uh, second round or quarterfinals of the Division One playoffs and that was 54-14 at Saddleback College so I, I think the uh, Braves will bounce back but you're giving some credit to um, to Santa Margarita, and, and rightfully so, um, to score a few more points in this game, and I can see it. Um, but again, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, how consistent can the Eagles be, what kind of bounce back happens for the Braves, what happens at quarterback. There's going to be some interesting questions. All right, so let's move to our uh, game of the week this week. Modern day, 7-0, playing host to Jay Sarah, 7-0, both 2-0 in league. They're going to hook up Friday night at Santa Ana Bowl. This is actually the third straight road game for Jay Sarah. You know, in my book, this is number one and number two in Orange County. This week, I voted Jay Sarah number two in Orange County ahead of uh, Mission Viejo. That uh, The rest of the Orange County um, voting media members did not agree with me enough. And uh, Mission Viejo, and I'm fine with it, they stay number two. We'll see how the Diablos... Uh, you know, I'd, you know, if the Diablos put another big thump down on San Clemente, maybe I would switch it at the end of the year when they play. You know, San Clemente's playing really well right now. But, uh, so I have my eye on both of those teams. But, I, you know, Jay Sarah's coming off this with two impressive, you know, just dominating, convincing victories on the road. You know, they go up to uh, Cerritos College, and they run all over Servite, and... They're hooting and hollering in the locker room, having a great time, playing super hard. Al Fisher running for 280 yards. Um, still got their penalties, but they're still just took out Servite. And then they go to Orange Coast College, and Robinson is throwing three TDs. Their defense is forcing four turnovers. They got uh, you know Malik McLean doing his thing. That's why I put him in number two. Now, can they hang with Modern Day? I think they'll make some plays, but I'm, you know, the Monarchs are my are, are the pick. I think, um, you know, the Monarchs are gonna. Uh, I think they probably have a little bit too much depth and too many guys for Jay Sarah. That's one thing I look at Jay Sarah and you know, Moonar McLean did not play last week against uh, um, Orange Lutheran. He played sparingly against Servite. They need they would need him at full strength. Al Fisher got slowed down a little bit. Is he going to be able to get going? Didn't seem like the same back with the same giddy-up um, that he showed against Servite. He's going to need that against Modern Day. Um, Modern Day is very physical. Um, they're going to, you know, and then where's, you know, Jay Sarah, where are they going to be at defensively? They're going to be, they got some guys going two ways. I feel like they're, you know, at some point, they're going to have a lot of people come there. They haven't seen the ground attack. Obviously, I got JT running it, Shakobi running it, all those receivers. You know, I like that Modern Day's putting um, Amon Ra on, on the special teams. Is this going to be Modern Day? going to have too much firepower? Um, it'll just be a matter about how fast Modern Day comes out um, after that big emotional win. Um, does it take Modern Day a little time to get warmed up? But Modern Day, I think they clearly win this game. Yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on, Dan. You know, there was a Twitter poll out there asking, 
you know, what the point total of this game was going to be, 110, 190. I mean, that's a bit exaggerating, you know. Wow. You know, I'm probably going to, I'm going to say, I'm probably going to say around 75, you know, but this is going to, you know, it shapes up as an exciting matchup because they're putting, you know, Jay Sarah's put up back-to-back 50-point games, you know, and, and, you know, modern day is coming off that big win. Um, you know, and I'm not going to mention a trap game, and a lot of people are. I know Fryer always talks about trap game, <laughs> but there's there's no way that this is a trap game because it's Trinity League and, and there's too much at, at stake, you know, and I know, like I said, I don't think these two teams like each other. So, um, you know, and, you know, Jay Sarah's been that – that team, as you had mentioned, playing with the chip on its shoulder, you know, you can see it in their games. They have that, you know, it's like that little man complex, you know, it's like have that chip tough guy mentality and it fits them because they are a small group. I mean, you know, I, I keep laughing at the, you know, no, no disrespect or anything, but everyone on that team is, is, is two inches shorter and 10 pounds lighter than their listed weights in the program, yeah. you know, and, and, but it shows that they're not going to back down to anyone, you know, right. and, and, and they don't. And, and that's and that's the mentality of yeah. in that team, and that's great for them, you know, and that's why they're seven and zero, you know. And then modern day, you know, they took care of that that pass rush, you know, and we'll look do the same with the Lions. You know, last season Tommy Brown kept McLean out of the backfield and, you know, when he was out at Santa Margarita. He didn't get anything in the backfield, so we're going to see if that matchup takes place if he lines up on Brown's side, and if he's not, if he goes, he's going to contend with Miles Moreau, who's in. Uh, I mean, I've been impressed with this kid as a sophomore and Greg Biggins mentioned about um, that he's probably the best sophomore offensive lineman he's seen in a long time and that says a whole lot with all these great uh, linemen that have emerged so if he you know you know so they're gonna have either those two guys you know matching up so that's gonna be you know interesting you know but if there's a weak point to the Lions it's their secondary and um no one has been able to stop modern day right receivers, not yeah. even Bosco, who was supposed to have that vaunted right. secondary. But Bosco couldn't, you know, they didn't slow them down at all. So, you know, he's Tristan West and Eli Jefferson are going to have his hands full with the, you know, the, the, the four guys. You know, and I know Tarek Luckett has played some cornerback, but that's going to be a huge task for him because, I, I mean, I know he's athletic and they want to use his size. He's, he's kind of like a carbon copy. Elias Ricks, you know, he's, he's late rangy, but. Um, I don't think he's, he's consistently playing it enough for him to do to make that much of a difference. Um, you know, offensively, you know, Jay Sarah's going to have to keep that balance going for them. You know, because nobody's been able to run the ball on on modern day at all. Um, and he was held. You know, Fisher was held to that season low forty five last week. You know, teams have just been successful going to the air. So maybe that's where the Robinson is going to have to do is make some plays outside the pocket and connect on some big pass plays. You know, if they get to close to the red zone, end zone, you know, I think Robinson and Luckett possess the second back. They're probably the second best back shoulder combo. Yeah. Um, Nobody does it better than Daniels and company, but Robinson and Luckett are probably the second best. They they throw that back shoulder pass better than anybody um, other than those two guys. So, you know, watch for that. Um, But modern day's on a roll offensively. You know, so probably going to look for like a 49-28 win in, in modern day's favor. Yeah, this is a big one for modern day to get. You know, they get to three and zero. They have three straight games. This is a, you know starts a three game homestand of the next three weeks, all at Santa Ana Stadium. And uh, you know, Jay Sarah, they're going to and they've been like I said, they've been on the road for three games. They're going to play their last two games at home. Um, they played Bosco in uh, week ten. And then in week nine they play Santa Margarita, but both at home, I think they got a good chance to win. You know, one of those two. Um, I think they play pretty well at home, and that's going to be tough. You know, the tough confines for the visiting team there um, at uh, at Jay Sarah. You know, one thing that's interesting about this game between Jay Sarah and Modern Day, and you can fill us in a little bit more on it, right? And I know you've talked about it, I think, on the podcast, but the offensive coordinator, who I think got a pretty good feel with Matt Robinson at Jay Sarah. He's a, a ex-modern day guy, among other stops, um, and maybe you think uh, that do you think that will have some insight that maybe he has a little bit of feel. He's a better feel of some of the personnel, and you know he's going to know that. You know, well, I mean, if you're going to try to attack modern day's defense, you want to try to go after that secondary that's all young. He certainly knows that he has a good quarterback. 
Maybe they were saving Munar McLean, and they're going to try to protect and go air raid a little bit on modern day with Matt Robinson. But what do you think about that offensive coordinator uh, situation for um, for uh, uh, for Jay Sarah? Yeah, that was the other little side sidebar that I had for this for this game is that Eric Rizigno has been the um, modern day's uh, head freshman coach for several year, years so he knows he knows obviously you know he knows these kids well and obviously he knows the sophomores you know pretty well from last year um so I, you know that's I, that's good you know i haven't i haven't you know talked to uh, um the modern day uh, guys about that one to see you know if that's if that's a concern or if he know you know because he may know you know sometimes they you know coaches know the tendencies and they know so they may have to change some signals or they may have to change some signals tendencies because they know you know when modern days in this set or this formation they normally do this so that's going to be a cat and mouse game you know the modern day may have to you know switch something up because of that um you know i i i don't know how much of any more beyond that you know it's just that but it will be um They've gone against each other before when, when Resigna was at, um, he was offensive coordinator at Edison um, a few years back before coming back to modern day. So, you know, they've done that before. Um, but it, it'll, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they do attack, you know, modern day if they go, if you know, if they do decide to go right. um, um, at, at, you, know, you know, between the safeties and the corners. So Yeah, Munar McLean's going to be a guy to watch. You know, we put him out there. You know, one thing they can also do out there, which I don't know if they can really do that in the Trinity League, they could put out, you know, they showed earlier in the year, um, and they showed it just a little bit against Servite, but, you know, they could put uh, uh, Malik out there as well, and he'll be uh, he'll be a beast, but there's a lot of things that Modern Day can do, too, um, <laughs> with with some of their personnel, you know, and it's obviously, you know, that's where I think, I think Jay Sarah can make some plays, but... I don't know what they can do uh, defensively, um, where you know, you know, you, there's gonna be that that like you said that receiving group, those running backs, that great offensive line, JT Daniels. It's just that's a lot coming out that you know, and I want to encourage all the football fans. I mean, check out you'll see the small the small size of Jay Sarah when they're standing there on their sideline coming out of Santa Ana uh, Stadium. You'll be like, wow, that's 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 all they got. That's their guys. That's the size of their team. And then they get out there and they play super hard. They're, they're physical at linebacker. I don't know if that's going to show up against modern day. Um, obviously, I've talked about uh, uh, Malik, um, you know, and they have a couple good offensive tackles. And they, you know, um, they, 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 can, they can play pretty well. But um, I just don't think they have enough for modern day. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but it, it, it will be fun. I just, I do know that when, you know, there was a couple of years ago and, and uh, Jay Sarah came to the bowl and I think modern day was, I think was it two years ago, I think, and, and, and they came in and um, beat modern day down at the bowl. And then, and then even the year before, I think even the year before that, they beat them. And, you know, it wasn't until last year modern day finally got, got the, the win over Jay Sarah, so... Um, you know, yeah. Can they pull out some of that little magic again? You know, I always, you know, yeah, anything's possible, but I, probably not the way modern day's been playing. So, and I think some of that magic, I you know, was the that was the Jim Hardigan uh, magic to what uh, extent right. too. I just felt like Hardigan, he knew how to play against modern day. He really did. I think, you know, it, I, I give I, I always have a lot of respect for Coach Hardigan. He was a uh, modern day product himself, right? Um, yes. As a uh, as certainly as a coach, and um, you know, I think uh, he had that. But I I also think that Coach Harlow has these guys playing quite uh, hard, and he's a you know hard nosed uh, coach. I think uh, you know um, you can't tell it uh, necessarily uh, during the games, but. You know, obviously, just that mentality of a former, you know, uh, NFL and college lineman. Um, it, it's just, you know, just the way they're playing. Like you said, the chip on the shoulder. Um, you know, the toughness. I mean, there's, there, that's coming from somewhere, and I gotta believe it's coming from Coach Harlow in practice. I mean, obviously, they're they're playing this hard, and we'll see where the penalties fly in this game. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, and hopefully, everybody uh, plays clean and to their best abilities so and that's where we're going to both be on friday night right scotty yep 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 
Will do, I'm going to be at that game, so I'll be looking forward to seeing you there. I think uh, Steve Fryer picked a different game. I'm lined up for that, uh, you know, that uh, modern day uh, Jay Sarah game. So, and we're going to close the show again, like I said, um, hearing from Orange Lutheran football coach JP Presley. Scotty, thanks again for jumping on the podcast. Great job. Uh, as always, Dan. As always. All righty, and uh, thanks to all our Trinity League football fans for joining us on the Trinity League uh, podcast. And until week nine, we will talk to you next week on the Trinity League football podcast. The and C kind of, yeah. you know, they kind of move on. It was, uh, uh, it was rough for sure. Emotional week. Emotional, you know. Just the the Monday was probably the worst. Yeah. Tuesday's the unknown. Yeah. Wednesday's the sit smell from. Are we going or not? So there was a time you didn't know if you are playing this game, right? No, I mean, we knew. I mean, whatever was coming, we knew this game was going to happen. You're-